அலமதுல்லாஹிஃபாஸ்லாத்துலாமிஷோதி This insan, human being, has many things that are close to his heart. There are many things that he values, he protects. But obviously in everything there are priorities. There are certain things that he values very greatly, but there are certain things that he values even more greatly. to understand this by a simple example a person has worked hard for many many years and he started off maybe even catching a lift to work because he didn't even have enough money to afford a car of his own so he was catching a lift to work because he didn't even have bus fare but then he started off on that very very slow level and gradually began building up and then over time he built up a huge empire and now all his life savings after 50 years for whatever reason he's gathered it somewhere so now obviously he spent 50 years of his life gathering this and for whatever reason something happens that place catches fire we just as a hypothetical example everything is in one place and the place catches fire and Allah forbid these things sometimes have happened that a person saw everything just go up in smoke so now that catches fire obviously it's very close to his heart he has his heart deep in it but if he managed to run out of there and save his life then regardless of what hurt there might be over the loss of that material wealth but at the end of the day he is still very grateful that at least I ran out alive if he managed to get his family out he get, got his children out nobody got hurt so he saw those millions maybe billions go up in smoke but he is still very relieved that nobody got hurt everybody's life was saved you see this yes it is human nature to feel that grief over it but it's material after all we didn't have it yesterday Allah Ta'ala blessed us with it today is gone Allah will give us, give us again inshallah that's the mindset that he will deal with it and he will adopt the sabr but he'll move on the most important thing to himself there was his life the life of his family his children so the wealth the wealth was dear to him but not at the expense of his life that rather me staying inside here and get burnt with the wealth but now I'll try to save it 
If he's going to be either his wealth or his life, he's going to leave that wealth and try and save his life. So this every human being does. Even the worst atheist also, if it comes to the point of between his life and his wealth, if his house is burning down, he says, leave everything, run out from here first. But when a person has Iman in his heart, then it's not just merely a matter between life and wealth. He will do whatever he can to protect his wealth also. Whatever means Allah Ta'ala has made permissible for him, he'll do that also. He'll have his alarm system, he'll have his security guard, he'll do whatever else. He'll have his means to protect his life. All these things are there to protect his life as well, protect his family as well. But for a mu'min, he understands very well that one day this life is also going to go. This wealth is also either going to leave in my lifetime or I'm going to sooner or later leave it and go. I need this to survive in dunya, but one day all this is going to be left behind and my life is going to go also. And the most important thing is that what's going to be of perpetual benefit to me is my Iman. So if it becomes a crunch situation, a mu'min will do his utmost to first protect his Iman. As mentioned, he has his his attachment to his material possession, that's human nature, Allah Ta'ala has made that. Zujina linnas, hubbu shahawati minan nisa'i wal baneen, wal qanatir al-muqantara al-akhir al-aya. This is human nature, he's worked for something especially, even if he got it for free too, he'll find some attachment with it. His life, obviously. But more than this wealth and life, is a mu'min's iman. Now this is that message that we find very clearly in the Qur'an Sharif, in the ahadith of Rasulullah in the Quran Sharif, in the incidents that Allah Ta'ala has mentioned about the Anbiya wasalam, what was their mindset, what was their heart in terms of the priorities, what was the message that they left behind, what was the legacy that they passed on. So we'll find this very clearly, that while they were concerned for their progeny, for their offspring in every regard, but the primary concern and the first and last concern was the concern for their Iman. In between, they were concerned about their needs also. But the first and last concern was about their Iman. Just to very briefly touch on a few incidents on the Quran Sharif. The very well-known incident of Sayyidina Ibrahim when he leaves his family in that barren land, at that time there was no water even in Makkah Mukarramah. And with the command of Allah Ta'ala, he leaves them there and he now leaves, he's moving on. So he turns to Allah Ta'ala in dua, he comes aside and he turns to Allah Ta'ala in dua. رَبَّنَا إِنِّي أَسْكَنْتُ مِنْ ذُرِّيَّتِي بِوَادٍ غَيْرِ لِي زَرْعٍ عِنْدَ بَيْتِكَ الْمُحَرَّمِ Allah has left my family in this barren place. There's no survival, means of survival here. Near the sacred house where the Kaaba Sharif is going to be built someday again. Why I left them here? Ya Allah, this is on your command, but now my concern, and that's what I'm making dua for. The first concern, Rabbana liyuqimus salah. Ya Allah, that they should establish salah in their lives. Because this is one of the most important protections for their iman. Alhamdulillah, they have iman, but Ya Allah, they must establish salah in their lives. Liyuqimus salah. And if they establish salah in their lives, 
this will inshallah protect their iman also. As in one hadith, Rasulullah said, As-salatu imaduddin. Salah is a central pillar of deen. The person who upholds this, he'll protect the rest of deen. He destroys this, he'll destroy the rest of deen. Then his iman also will be in danger. So this was the first aspect, yuqimu salah. Then, yes, they are in dunya, they have needs, they are going to have to fulfill those needs. So now they are here in this barren place with no means of survival. فَجْعَلْ أَفْئِدَةً مِنَ النَّاسِ تَهْوِي إِلَيْهِمْ وَرْزُقْهُمْ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ Ya Allah, they need some company, they need some security, they need some people around them. Ya Allah, you turn the hearts of people towards them. So that they will have this little security of that, some comfort that says there's people around. And Ya Allah, they have needs. وَرْزُقْهُمْ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ Ya Allah, you grant them their needs. Samarat is comprehensive, whether it's food and drink, whether it's other needs of life. Allah, you grant them all their needs. It started off from, didn't start off from how they're going to survive in dunya in terms of their needs. Started off from liyuqimu salah. That they must establish salah in their lives. In between, Allah, they need people around them. Allah, you get, incline the hearts of people towards them that they will come. And that's what Allah Ta'ala accepted that dua. The people of Jurhum passed by at a caravan, they saw this water here, they decided let's settle here. This became a source of company for Ismail and his mother. There are many details to it, no time to go into it. And Ya Allah, they have needs, they are insan, they're going to need to eat, drink, what are the other needs? Ya Allah, you provide wazdukhum in a samarat. But then again, how it finishes off? La'allahum yashkurun. Ya Allah, these material bounties that you will bless them with, this too must turn them back to you. They must become grateful. They must become truly loyal to you. So starting off with the worship of Allah wa ta'ala and loyalty to Allah ta'ala, in between the needs and the needs also becoming a means of turning back to Allah ta'ala in true gratitude, in true shukr. Now this is the incident of Sayyidina Ibrahim as he's leaving his family and moving on from here. In another place in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala speaks of Sayyidina Zakariya Ali Salatu Wasalam, great Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. He is now reached an advanced age. And now anybody can start foreseeing. It doesn't require somebody to be a rocket scientist now. That if I've reached a certain age, if I, even if I'm 10 years old, tomorrow could be the last day, today could be the last day. But now if I've reached 100 years, then now I'm on borrowed time as they say. So now he was on advanced age, he's concerned. And he turns in dua to Allah Ta'ala, وَإِنِّي خِفْتُ الْمَوَالِيَ مِنْ وَرَائِهِ وَكَانَتِ امْرَأَتِ عَاقِرَى فَهَبْ لِي مِنْ لَدُنْكَ وَلِيَّ Ya Allah, I'm very concerned. Now this is where we started off from. The greatest wealth of a mu'min, which he has the greatest attachment to, the greatest concern for is his Iman. Now he is on his advanced age, he is moving on, he is concerned. Ya Allah, my greatest concern is Allah, after I leave the Iman of my relatives, I am very concerned about it. That they must not deviate from this Iman, they must remain steadfast on it. Because this is the greatest wealth they have. They lose their material possessions that might get replaced tomorrow. They lose their lives. Life is going to go sooner or later. 
There is no person that's going to come onto this earth that's going to remain forever. So wealth, wealth will get replaced. Life is going to go. But Allah forbid if Iman went and a person left this world without that Iman, then there's perpetual doom and destruction. So inni khiftul mawaliyami warai. Allah, this is my greatest worry now that after I am gone, what will be the condition of the Iman of my relatives? And now my position is this. Allah, my wife is barren. She hasn't born any children, she is barren. But my concern is now, who's going to carry on with this legacy of deen? Allah, you grant me an heir. Grant me of, despite the means not being there, I'm in advanced age, my wife is barren. But Allah, I'm desiring, I'm asking, I'm begging, Allah, grant me a child. So that this child, Yarisuni wa Yarisumin Ali Yaqub, he will be the one who will carry forth the legacy that I have left behind and the legacy of the family of Yaqub the legacy of Iman, the legacy of Deen, and he will be somebody who would be the beloved of Allah Ta'ala. Allah, please bless me with such a such an A who will carry forth the torch of Iman. And Allah Ta'ala blessed him then with Yahya Ali but again, the primary concern, I'm going, what is going to happen to those after me? What is going to happen, not about their dunya. Primary concern, what is going to happen about their iman? Are they going to remain steadfast on deen? Take it further to one more incident. Sayyidina Yaqub he is in his last moments of life. He is on his deathbed. And when a person is in that moment, he can see already now these are the moments ticking away. What not might cross through the heart of that person? Yaqub is in this moment of time. And Allah wa ta'ala mentions this in the Quran Sharif. Am kuntum shuhada il hadara Yaqub al maut That were you present meaning, did you know about this? Had you learned of this? When Yaqub was now in the last moments of life, So he gathered all his sons around him. There's no time for any light-heartedness, but there's a very serious topic also. But just, it gives us a point nevertheless. One person was in his, on his deathbed, so now he couldn't even open his eyes. So he took his first son's name, eldest son's name, whatever his son's name was. So that person said, Abba, I'm here. Now the man was struggling to talk as well. Then again, the second son's name he took, he says, Abba, I'm also here. Third son's name, Abba, I'm also here. The fourth son, now that was his four sons, he took the fourth son's name, he said, but not to worry, I'm also here. So then he paused for a moment, he said, then who's in the shop then? <laughs> All of you are here, I'm dying, doesn't matter, but who's going to look after the shop? Now that was his greatest concern at that time. While the life was ticking away, but who's going to be in the shop? Yaqub he is in his last moments of life. And he gathered his children around him. Now his question to them. Ma ta'abuduna min ba'di. Who is asking? A Nabi of Allah ta'ala. And he's asking who? He's asking those children of his who have the blood of not one, many Anbiya Muslim flowing in their veins. Those who had already been very firm on deen and iman. <coughs> and this was a family of nubuat. And now in this last moment of life, despite this being such a pure environment, 
such a strong foundation of iman that they were on such firmness on deen and he is now moving on from this dunya his greatest concern again his question to them ma ta'buduna min ba'di i'm going i was here i was overseeing what you are up to what you are doing how you conducting yourself i put you onto a path i guided you towards allah tabaarak wa ta'ala i'm now on my way out you are going to be on your own now ma ta'buduna min ba'di who are you going to worship after me can we imagine the question like today your father asked his son what are you going to worship what kind of question are you you think i'm going to commit shirk or something but yaqub alayhi salatu wasalam being the nabi of allah tabaarak wa ta'ala he is asking a very simple straightforward question ma ta'buduna min ba'di so the very very great scholar in our recent past passed away at the end of in around 10 15 years ago maybe 20 years ago for the mahabul hasan ali nadwi rahmatullah alayhi who had been a very renowned figure a very great personality accepted as a very great alim throughout the arab land throughout the muslim world there wasn't perhaps any scholarly figure who didn't hear of him he once in one occasion said that if i had to be asked that somebody wants to prepare a poster as a message to muslims but that poster must only have one line only one line on it and that must be a message to every muslim in the world they want to prepare this poster so what line you will write there so he said i will write one line ma ta'buduna min ba'di and under it as a just as a little indication of what's the whole idea here the question i will pose under it this is what i will write one line but then just as a guidance under it i will ask every person should introspect that is this his concern for those who will be left behind him and while they are alive and he is alive also is this his concern now person who had that foresight and insight and he had that deep knowledge of the quran and sunnah person who was awarded the king faisal award in his time for service to islam and he saying if i was given this task of putting one line on a poster which must be circulated to the muslims of the world as a message to everybody my one line on the poster will be this ayat of the quran sharif ma ta'buduna min ba'di and then he says we should be repeatedly asking ourselves asking ourselves firstly for ourselves ma ta'buduna min ba'di in the sense what am i worshiping now sometimes we might be just complacent about things we thinking everything is fine within ourselves but if we look deep down allah forbid sometimes there are some great problems in there and especially our progeny what is the be the case of their iman so now there's many details in this regard the time is already passed just to get to the next point this is our greatest concern the greatest concern that should be there of any parent that what is going to be the iman of my child tomorrow ma ta'buduna min ba'di what are they going to worship be understood from the time of ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam he is now yaqub alayhi salatu wasalam he is asking his children this question what a pure environment what firm foundation of iman they were in what a kind of time we are living in where nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam told the time yusbihu ar-rajulu mu'minan wa yumsi kafiran aw yumsi mu'minan wa yusbihu kafiran yabi'u deenahu bi'aradin min ad-dunya person will be a mu'min in the morning before the end of the day he would have lost his iman in an evening he is a mu'min before the morning he has lost his iman he would have sold his iman for some paltry material gain that's how flimsy the iman has become and allah forbid how less the value of iman has become in the heart of many of our muslim 
Now when we are in this kind of time and this kind of environment, how much more concerned they should be for the iman of our children. Now with this background in mind, one reality we have to accept that this iman is under attack from many many angles. Sometimes we just take it that everything is fine, but if we truly look little bit under the surface we will understand what deep attack this iman is from every direction. And primarily the target of all these things that happen is the iman of a mu'min. Because others are already in the bush as they say. It's the iman of the mu'min that's the target. Now there's no time to go into details but just very quickly and very briefly. One of the most dangerous things that is becoming extremely dangerous, which was dangerous, which is part of life, which is carrying on and will carry on, but we have to become extremely conscious and concerned, is the education system. Every child, from the time he is now barely still a few years old, everybody is concerned which school he is going to go to and what kind of career he is going to have. But in that process, what, what is going on is something to really look deeply into. Many things are there to talk about, but right now one aspect which is the current topic that let alone Muslims, even non-Muslims are up in arms about, the CSE, Comprehensive Sexuality Education Story that's going on, is not just a matter of some pictures that are there, a matter of some words that are there, that is bad enough. It is what kind of mind is being molded. There's no time to go into details and saying repeatedly, just to just touch on it. The mind that is getting molded in that curriculum, just to take one example, that by the time that child grows up, he is expected to believe in his heart. That's the molding that's happening. That there's nothing wrong to be a gay, there's nothing wrong to be a lesbian, and if you think badly about this, you are homophobic. Now on the one hand the Qur'an Sharif denounces this as absolute filth. But the child is expected to grow up with a belief against this belief of the Qur'an Sharif. Now, where's Iman left? A person, Allah forbid, can be committing the worst sins. It's terrible, it's disgusting, it's sinful, it's the worst thing. But it's not as worse as Kufr. And rejecting something that is belief in the Qur'an Sharif, that is part of Aqeedah, but Allah Ta'ala has made totally haram and forbidden. And now somebody says, no, I'm not forbidden, now billah. That is kufr, you're rejecting an ayat of the Qur'an Sharif. Now this is that mindset that is being molded. It's not a matter of just the issue of whether there's some pictures in there and some other facts and figures which they call facts and figures. It's a matter of what's happening in that heart. مَا تَعْبُدُونَ مِنْ بَعْدِي just one of that, this is a whole topic on its own, there's so many things in there. This is something carrying on from a long time. The theory of evolution that is taught in so much of, with so much of emphasis, it started off right now in the lower grades. I have had the experience of interacting with some youngsters one on one, directly face to face, and through correspondence, and many others have had this experience, who perform the salah, they fast in the month of Ramadan, some of them have gone for Hajj also, some of them have a good beard, mashallah, some of them are Hafiz of the Quran Sharif, but after having gone through this system of learning about evolution, they are trying to prove to the opposite party that Adam al-Islam wasn't created in the manner that the Quran Sharif has described, 
Adam alayhi salam was part of this big bang. And man came na'uzu billah from this ape. This goes against so many ayat of the Quran Sharif. And this person is saying, but I can't believe in that. This is so logical to me. I'm talking about first hand experience. I'm not talking about some second hand. Apart from the second hand uh, issues also that were related. Now this is what's happening. This is how that heart and mind is getting molded. Now that person is going through the motions. And now he's saying, but I can't accept this. Can't accept what? Something that Allah Ta'ala has stated in the Quran Sharif. Where's the Iman left? He can make sajda upon sajda. But if that aqeedah is wrong, if he is harboring the aspects of kufr in his heart, he can make sajda his whole life, it won't be worth one day. Now this is the aspect, ma ta'abuduna min ba'di. Then together with this, many children are attending Christian ethos schools. What is going on in there? What kind of heart and mind is being molded in there? I have had occasion to deal with some issues of this nature, many others have dealt with it. One father came crying and he's crying to some alim he came. The incident very very quickly that one week prior his daughter came out to say, look I'm no more Muslim. But now where was the background to this? She used to lock herself into her room and she's only reading. She don't want to interact with anybody. But what she was reading, she was attending a Christian ethos school, she got very close to all her Christian friends. They were sharing things and once in a while they were coming and staying over at her place. She was staying over with them and over time they had given her the Bible and Christian literature. Suddenly she comes out one day out of her room and says, Na'uzubillah, no more Muslim. One father, he is talking to his son something and that son says, well, Jesus, isn't Jesus Lord? Where this came from? It came from the school that he's attending. There's something that's being done there to the heart and mind of the child. It's not just being taught maths and science. He's not just being taught some curriculum in terms of his what career he wants to do. There's something happening to the heart and mind of the child. What is this child going to do after we left this world? Where is he going to head? So this is a very very deep concern that we should be having. The schooling unfortunately we know is going to carry on. But if we don't secure our children's demand, we don't teach them what is right, we don't tell them what is the correct belief, what is the correct life of a Muslim, Allah forbid where they'll finish off. The solution, the solution is a very major solution, but this much we have to start off with. This is just the bare minimum. The bare minimum, number one, at least ensure that our children are attending an afternoon maktab. That afternoon madrasa, where that iman is taught properly, where the aqaid are given in the correct form, where that amal are being emphasized, where the child has been taught how to try and bring the life of Islam in his life. Try and ensure, make sure that our child attends an afternoon maktab. Every area, inshallah, we'll find one. Number two, we make sure we have family time with that child. Many a times, the total amount of conversation with that child for that whole week, conversation, leave alone aside the instructions once in a while that we might just shout out at the child, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. Conversation with the child might be able to be written in two lines. Unfortunately, this is the issue many a times. That child, you have to have that open relationship with him, talk to him, understand him. He must be able to ask that something is troubling me. Many a child who came, many a youngster who came, and for the first time you opened out, did you talk to anybody about it? You asked your parents about it, you know, I can't talk to them about it. 
So this, this openness is necessary. So that they, something is troubling them, some doubt has come in their mind because what they heard in school, they can come and ask. They might meet somebody else after years. The third thing, Salah. Liyuqimus Salah. Ibrahim that was his greatest concern when he was leaving his family and moving on. Establish Salah in their lives. There must be no compromise on that Salah. Whether it is Fajr Salah, whether it is Isha Salah. No compromise in the life of the children. Obviously, there mustn't be compromise in our life also. That's then the example we'll be able to set for them. An earnest dua, more than any time that we ever needed this dua, is the era that we are living in. Dua for our own iman, and dua for the iman of our children and progenies to come. Many, many things as mentioned where we started off, many were not present at that moment in time. That a person has his attachment to everything, but when it comes to crunch time, then he goes for what is most important first. Allah forbid if that house is burning down and he's got his whole life savings inside there, then he won't run to save that savings if it's going to burn his life. He'll run out of the house to save his life. That, inshallah, will get replaced. But if his life goes, then the life is gone. More important than his life is his iman. Life is going to go one day. Nobody's going to look forever. But if a person left with iman, inshallah, he'll one day be in perpetual the bliss of jannah. And if he left as a good Muslim, inshallah, he'll go directly to Jannat. But Allah forbid he left without Iman, and he's in perpetual doom. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the realization of the value of this Iman. Allah ta'ala protect our Iman, the Iman of our progenies, and the Iman of every Muslim till Qiyamah. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah.